Salam from Center City. This is the Rorschach Ethiopia update from the 29th of September 2022. A quick summary of what's going down in Ethiopia. The 77th UN General Assembly took place last week on Saturday the 24th. Dumek Mukonon, the Deputy Prime Minister and Minister of Foreign Affairs, talked about pressing issues in Ethiopia and Africa. He said that Ethiopian government is committed to ending the war against the TPLF peacefully, saying they want to hold peace talks brokered by the African Union. He also talked about the Great Ethiopian Renaissance Dam, which has been a source of controversy and dispute between Ethiopia, Sudan, and Egypt. He said that Ethiopia is willing to negotiate, but again, only through the African Union. U.S. President Joe Biden also addressed the assembly, saying, among other things, that Africa needs a permanent representative in the U.N. Security Council. Deputy PM Demiki also echoed this call, saying that Africa's problems can only be resolved by Africans if they're properly represented in the council. In unrelated news, on Monday the 26th and Tuesday the 27th, the Muscal holiday was celebrated. The holiday commemorates the finding of the true cross of Jesus Christ. On Monday, all of the Ethiopian Orthodox churches throughout the country lit a bonfire to symbolize how the cross was found. During the ceremony at Muscal Square in Addis, the church's patriarch, Father Matthias, urged Orthodox Christians to pray for Ethiopia, a country in the midst of numerous conflicts and tensions. Speaking of conflicts, the Ethiopian Human Rights Commission, or EHRC, released a statement on Monday the 26th saying that more than 100 civilians have been murdered in the Horo-Guduro zone of the Oromia region in the first three weeks of September. The EHRC said the Oromo Liberation Army, or OLA, and armed groups from the Amara region were responsible for the attacks. Apart from killing civilians, the two armed groups have robbed property and livestock. The attacks have forced thousands to leave their homes and are in urgent need of humanitarian assistance. The EHRC urged the government to carry out its responsibility of protecting the human rights of citizens in the Horogaduru zone, and these armed groups still pose security threats. The EHRC released another report this past week about the attack in Gambela in June. The Gambela Freedom Front attacked the regional government in collaboration with the OLA. The EHRC had been collecting data on how much damage was done and if citizens' human rights were violated. According to the report, which was released on Wednesday the 28th, the regional government's forces killed at least 50 civilians and more than 20 people have been injured. The region's peace forces carried the bodies to an undisclosed location and held a mass burial. The forces murdered the civilians because they thought that they were hiding members of the rebel groups and their weapons in their homes. The report also said that the rebel groups carried out robberies. The EHRC urged the government to hold the outlaws accountable. On that note about the killings, Commander Wagar Tarakin, the Barda city community police head, 
was murdered last week on Wednesday the 21st. The police said that even though some people are trying to link his death to politics, he was actually shot dead by a drunken man. The police followed the alleged murderer and killed him in a shootout following his refusal to surrender. Sadly, he's not the only one who passed away this week. Famous musician Madungo Afawerk also died after an emergency trip to the hospital on Tuesday the 27th. Madingo was born in Gonar and raised in Debru Tabor. He went to Bahir Dar to pursue his dreams of becoming a musician. He quickly gained admiration, moved to Addis Ababa, and released three albums and several singles. Reports came out on social media that Madingo's death might have been caused by a medical malpractice since he was healthy the day before he passed away. Marcos Tadese, the Addis Ababa Police Commission's PR director, deputy commander, told the BBC that Madingo's body has been sent to a general hospital for an examination. He said that the police will open the investigations following the result of the test, but for the time being, they haven't identified nor detained anyone related to the musician's death. Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed expressed his condolences, saying that Madingo contributed a lot to Ethiopia in his short-lived career. He recalled that Madingo went to the war fronts to encourage the army. The Prime Minister was also on the news on Wednesday the 26th. Abiy and other top government officials welcomed Somalia's President Hassan Sheikh Mohammed, who arrived in Addis for a two-day visit. During his stay, the president talked with the PM on bilateral and regional issues. Abi told the media that Ethiopia is ready to work with the new Somali administration, especially in the economic sector. And moving on, the Ministry of Trade and Regional Integration revealed oil price increases in Addis Ababa that took effect on Wednesday the 28th. For instance, the new price for regular gas is 57 beer per liter, about a dollar, which is a 10 beer increase from July's price. The ministry also said that the price hike will not apply to public transport vehicles that are beneficiaries of government subsidies. The National University entrance exam is just around the corner. This year's exam will be different from the previous ones, as for the first time ever, students will be staying in federal universities until they take their exams. Then they will be allowed to return to their homes. It seems like the exams will also be fairer as questions are scrambled in 12 different orders so that examinees won't cheat. Dr. Ashitu Kebede, the National Educational Assessment and Examinations Agency's director, said that preparations are complete and that students will sit for the exams from the 10th to the 27th of October. Dr. Ashitu said that for examinees who live more than 50 kilometers away from their assigned exam venues, the Education Bureau of the area they live in will cover transportation costs, while examinees with a 50-kilometer area will have to pay for transportation themselves. 
Speaking of education, local media outlet Reporter published a report allegedly made by the Federal Ethics and Anti-Corruption Commission. According to the report, public universities' budgets are being used for political ends. The document also claimed that there are unethical tendencies among recruiters, students, teachers, and administrators, including hiring unqualified applicants, issuing fake degree certificates, stealing funds, among other illicit activities. The same day Reporter published this piece, the Federal Ethics and Anti-Corruption Commission took to social media to say that the information provided by Reporter was incorrect and asked the media outlet to correct and republish the report. On Wednesday the 21st, Takele Uma, the Minister of Mines and former Addis Ababa mayor, said that the ministry has terminated its contract with the Chinese mining company Poly GCL. The company has been hired to find and extract crude oil from the oil-rich area of Ugandan in the Somali region. However, it seems like it wasn't able to carry out its obligations. According to the ministry, the contract was terminated after several warnings. Three days later, Takele tweeted that this office will continue to take measures against the companies that are playing with Ethiopia's mining resources. And finally, to close this edition, some good news. Ethiopian Airlines won in four categories in this year's Skytrax Awards. The airline was named Africa's Best Airline for the fifth consecutive year. It also won the awards for Best African Economy and Business Class. Skytrax ranked the airline as the 26th best airline in the world, a significant improvement from last year when it ended up in the 37th place. And that's it for this week. Thanks to all of you who wrote in to join the conversation about community. For those who are interested, we have a newsletter in Substack that comes out less than once a month for the most part. If you want to join to hear about why we do these updates and other big picture aspects of Rorschach, you can always email us at podcast at Rorschach.com. That's R-O-R-S-H-O-K dot com. We'll report and keep the conversation going there. Ciao.